Good morning. A special welcome to those of you who might be new this morning. Um, we are excited to start our Christmas series. Like I was saying, uh, we are going to be talking about uh, just four different weeks, uh, four different segments of Christmas. Today's going to be a little bit different than what we normally do. Sometimes we launch out into the story of uh, you have Mary and Joseph, um, but next week we're going to be starting with Mary and Joseph. Today we're going to be talking about the incredible proofs, evidences that Jesus is the Messiah through prophecy fulfilled. You know, a lot of times we don't talk about prophecy in church, and we're going to find out exactly what prophecy is and all the incredible amount of evidence there is that Jesus is the Messiah. First, let's pray. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would come and fill our church right now, Lord, that we would come to you today, right here, right now, that you would meet us, Holy Spirit. We give you permission to open up your word to us, Lord, that you would change us and transform us, Lord. Change our heart, change our minds, Lord, that when we leave here, we leave here changed, transformed, ready to go for the rest of the week. We give you this time in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, when I was about 19 years old, um, I was in college. I wasn't sure what I was doing with my life. I didn't have any direction. And in fact, I was at UH, and I didn't know, you know what I was going to do. Just taking classes just to take them. And my brother Ben came at me with, uh, he had become a Christian. He's one of my younger brothers, and he's telling me all about the good news of Jesus. And I'm thinking, uh-oh, this guy has joined the cult. Okay, so I said, get away from me, cult member. I don't want any part of what you're selling me. And uh, he would just preach to me and talk to me about Jesus, and he'd be crying. And he was so sincere and authentic. I really knew that there was something different about him and about what he was talking about. But I didn't know what he was saying. He was talking to me about all these stories of Jesus. You know, Jesus, he uh, fed the 5,000. He healed a blind man. He raised a little girl from the dead. He raised his best friend Lazarus from the dead. And I'm thinking, what is he talking about? But somehow these stories kept penetrating my heart. Every time he'd tell me a story, just little bit by little bit, penetrating my hard heart. And then I remember he talked to me about, hey, you know what? Just come with me to church. Come with me. Just check it out. And so, no, no, I don't want to go to church. But eventually I went to church, and I'm listening to the worship music. And that's why I think worship music is so powerful and so important. It's like you, you come into a place where there's worship music, and all of a sudden your heart just begins to melt. And I started crying. I'm like, I don't know why I'm crying. I don't believe in God. <laughs> and then he gave me a book called More Than a Carpenter. How many of you have read that book? Anyone here? Hey, I can't see. The lights are kind of bright. <laughs> Gary, is you raising your hand again? No, not this time. Okay, back there. Good. Another one. I see you back there. You're like an altar call. Another one, yeah. Okay, good. So we got... We, there we go. That's better. So... That book is awesome. It's talking all about Josh McDowell. 
the evidences why you can believe what you believe, why the Bible is true, why Jesus really lived as a historical figure. And I was like thinking it was all a myth. And then he's, I'm reading about this incredible amount of evidence that Jesus is the Messiah. Why? Because of all the amount of prophecy there was before Jesus was alive that he had fulfilled in his life and his death and things that are yet to be fulfilled. I'm like, whoa, this is crazy. This is amazing. And it really helped me understand this book is a supernatural book, the Bible. This Jesus is supernatural. And I was thinking, okay, there's another whole dimension to this. Ultimately, it led me to figuring out, did Jesus really die on the cross? I had to have that answered. right? Did he really die on the cross? Or is it just a myth or a legend? Did he really raise from the grave? And those amount of prophecy fulfilled, those things pointed me to those questions. So, Today, what I want to do is help point you in that direction. It would point you to strengthen your faith, point you to say, I believe it so much that I'm going to invite my friends and my family. I can't, nobody can, I can't keep this to myself, okay? So that's what the goal is for me today. How do we know that Jesus is the promised Messiah? Do you know it? I'm sure you know it. But do you really know it and believe it and be willing to go all in for this? Today is going to be a little bit more of an equipping time, a little bit more of a teaching session rather than maybe, say, a, a preaching time as we kind of go to class and go through these certain prophetic scriptures. So what is a prophecy? You might be thinking, I was talking to my children about it. I'm like Dave Oyanamari, and he's always talking about, how he talks to Josh about it. And same thing here. I'm like, okay, you guys, you know, maybe talking about prophecy. They're like, like telling the future? I was like, yeah, it's, it's like telling the future. They're like, well, what's the difference between that and being a psychic? I thought psychics and all that is bad. We're not supposed to do that. I was like, that's a really good question, kids. That's really awesome. So what is a prophecy? Prophecy describes a prediction of the future made under divine inspiration, okay? made under God's inspiration. You could also say it's a revelation of God. So in the Old Testament, God spoke through people called prophets. And they would speak prophecy. So it's not merely men who would be talking about something that's going to happen centuries later or the day after tomorrow. These are men who God was speaking through. Men who were Moved by the Holy Spirit of God. Okay, they're under divine inspiration. Second Peter two twenty says, First of all, you must understand this no prophecy of scripture is a matter of one's own interpretation, because no prophecy ever came by the impulse of man, but men moved by the Holy Spirit from God. Amen. So when God foretells or prophesies something through men, God always fulfills it. So if he says it's going to happen, he's always guaranteed to fulfill it. 100% of the time. Acts 3.17 says, And now, brethren, I know that you acted in ignorance, just as your rulers did also, but the things which God announced beforehand by the mouths of all prophets, that his Christ would suffer, he has thus fulfilled. 
So he always fulfills what he says is going to happen in the future. Okay, God is saying, if it, I say it, I'm going to do it. Okay, so the Bible, did you know one-third of it is prophecy? Isn't that amazing? One-third of the whole Bible is prophecy. And it's the only prophetic book. There are other prophetic books and claim to do certain things with a 100% accuracy rate. The only book. There are approximately 2,500 prophecies in the Bible. And did you know 2,000 of them have been fulfilled so far? That's a lot, right? So how many more are left? 500 left to be fulfilled. When are they going to happen? These are prophecies yet to be fulfilled in the last days. When are the last days? Right now. Okay? Happening right now. So, did you know that the Bible contains over 300 messianic prophecies? Those are prophecies about the Messiah, about the Savior. Okay? 300 messianic prophecies this is the thing, fulfilled in one person, Jesus Christ. Fulfilled, past tense, fulfilled in Jesus. 300. So these prophecies were made hundreds or even a thousand years before Jesus. Okay, it wasn't like his neighbor across the street or somebody in real time. This is many centuries, even a thousand years before Jesus was born. So, as Christians, we've come to maybe you're somebody in your journey, you've met Jesus, and you're following Jesus, and you would call him Jesus Christ. Christ means anointed one. Christ means Savior. Christ means Messiah. Jesus, Messiah. Jesus, the Christ, the Savior of the world. So a lot of times we are saying, yeah, Jesus Christ. We're not even quite sure what that means. But you're making a declaration that Jesus is your Messiah or the Messiah. But not everyone believes this, of course. We know that there are many people out there in the world that say Jesus is just a great teacher. Maybe he's a really cool, hippie-like, peaceful dude. Maybe he is a prophet. But they would say, there's no evidence to claim, sorry Max, sorry Ben, my brother, you guys are way off, there's no credible evidence to claim that Jesus really is the Savior of the world. But the Bible gives us overwhelming evidence, overwhelming proofs that, really, that Jesus really is the Messiah. And one of those proofs, like I said, just one of those proofs, is the fulfillment of prophecy in the life of Jesus, or messianic prophecies. The book of Isaiah is awesome. It has so many different prophecies about the coming Messiah, about he would be the Son of God, he'd do miracles, he would die on a cross amongst criminals, he would be buried in a rich man's tomb, he would rise from the grave. The book of Isaiah is filled with them. The suffering servant in Isaiah it's amazing. It's Jesus that he's talking about. Book of Isaiah is written about 700 years before Jesus was even born. Awesome, yeah? So, for example, uh, this is one Messianic prophecy, Isaiah 714. 
The Messiah would be born of a virgin, and his name would be called Emmanuel, God with us. Does this sound familiar? So if we put up the Messianic prophecies, Isaiah 7.14, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and will call him Emmanuel. Wow, isn't that awesome? Does that sound familiar? Sounds a little bit like the Christmas story, doesn't it? This is the Christmas story right here in Isaiah, 700 years before Jesus was born. Wow, he'll give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and we'll call him Emmanuel. Matthew 1.20. This is New Testament now, right? But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you're to give him the name Jesus, because he will save the people, save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill, get that word? Fulfill what the Lord has said through the prophet. Prophet who? Isaiah. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Wow. You put those two side by side, you're thinking, this is good stuff, right? Messianic prophecies. How do you know that Jesus is the promised Messiah? Number one, you can write in your notes, Jesus pointed to Old Testament prophecies about himself. Jesus pointed to Old Testament prophecies about himself. How is he substantiating his claims to be the Messiah? He goes right back to the Old Testament. This is what Luke 24 says about that. And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, that's the Old Testament, right? He, Jesus, explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. 2444 he, Jesus, said to them, This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the Law of Moses, the Prophets, and the Psalms. He's looking back to the Old Testament, and he's explaining to them, Guys, get it? This is all about me, Jesus. This is all about me. I'm fulfilling it right now. Okay, number two, how do you know Jesus is the promised Messiah? The apostles, the apostles pointed to the fulfillment of prophecy in the life of Jesus. The apostles, some of them were those who were his disciples, but all the apostles were those who met Jesus up close and personal. They were with somebody very closely who was with Jesus as a disciple. Those are the apostles. The apostles wrote the New Testament and they wanted to use a very powerful, powerful tool to substantiate the claim that Jesus of Nazareth, the guy that they knew as Jesus of Nazareth, was not just a great teacher or a preacher or a prophet. He was indeed the Messiah. So they used the prophecies fulfilled in Jesus' life, Acts 17, 2, as was his custom. Paul went into the synagogue. Paul the apostle went into the synagogue and on three Sabbath days, he reasoned with them from the scriptures, 
explaining and proving that the Messiah had to suffer and rise from the dead. This Jesus I am proclaiming to you is the Messiah. He's reasoning, he's explaining, proving from the scriptures that this Jesus is indeed Messiah. So this Christmas, I want to have it as our starting place. It would be so cool if we can get this solid foundation. We say, yes, Jesus is Messiah. How do you know? Hey, buddy, let me show you these scriptures. Let me take you back to the very beginning. All right? And it goes all the way back to the first book of the Bible. I think we went through this a few months ago when we were going through Genesis. And we saw how this prophecy was all about Jesus. Genesis 3.15, if you have a Bible, you can pull it out, just mark it up and say, you know, yeah, this is, you know, put a, Genesis 3.15 is where it starts. The Messiah would be born of a woman. That is a prophecy, okay? The Messiah would be born of a woman. What does that mean? Not like everybody else, the seed of a man, like all of us and everybody else, but no, the Messiah will come from a seed of a woman. Genesis 3.15 And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise you on the head, and you shall bruise him on the heel. That's a prophecy about Jesus. Matthew 1.20 says, But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. That's the Christmas story, right? We read that earlier. What is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit, the seed, not of a man, but the seed from God. So we see this Christmas story, the promise of a Savior going all the way back to the book of Genesis. Galatians 4.4 says, But when the fullness of time came, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. So, when the fullness of time came, that's when God sent his son, Jesus. When everything was just perfectly ready, when everything would be fulfilled, history was ready, the time had fully come, like a pregnant lady, a pregnant person giving birth. This was like great, perfect timing. For Jesus to be born. Another prophecy is that he would be born in a specific location. Where was that? Bethlehem. The Messiah was born in Bethlehem. Micah 5.2. This was written also over 700 years before Jesus was born. But you, Bethlehem, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old, from ancient times. Wow. Prophet Micah. Okay. Luke chapter 2, verses 4 through 6. Fulfillment. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time, remember, the fullness of time came for the baby to be born. Specific place. So those are things 
prophecies that are regarding the Christmas story. And I love going back. So when we talk about um, Christmas, maybe you're with some family this Christmas and you're talking about different things about the Christmas story. It's always fun to kind of place yourself back. Oh, did you know this about Mary and Joseph or the wise men and everything? And uh, where he was born, was it a stable? Was it a cave? And all these things. You can include these messianic prophecies about Jesus into the Christmas story. Isn't that cool? So I'm going to go ahead and go through a few more talking about the life of Jesus, even the death of Jesus and his return. Another prophecy for us. The Messiah would be falsely accused. The Messiah would be falsely accused. Psalm 35:11. Ruthless witnesses come forward. They question me on things I know nothing about. The psalmist was writing that. Mark 14, 57. Then some stood up and gave this false testimony against him. We heard him say, I will destroy this temple made with human hands, and in three days will build another not made with hands. Falsely accused. The Messiah's hands and feet would be pierced is another prophecy. Psalm twenty-two, sixteen: Dogs surround me. A pack of villains encircles me. They, they pierce my hands and feet. John 20, 25. So the other disciples told him, We've seen the Lord, but he has said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Through the, though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood with them and said, Peace be to you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands? Reach out your hand and put into my side and stop doubting and believe. And that's what we are going for this morning. And we would say, wow, without a doubt, I believe this. all these evidences of prophecy fulfilled has increased my faith. Another prophecy, Jesus, the Messiah, would be born, buried in a rich man's tomb. Is that easy to prophesy about somebody before they die, where they're going to be buried? Okay, Or even how they would die? Isaiah 53, 9, suffering servant. He was assigned a grave with the wicked. This is many hundreds of years before Jesus. He was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death, though he had done no violence nor any deceit in his mouth. Matthew 27, 57. The fulfillment. As evening approached, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who had himself become a disciple of Jesus. Going to Pilate, he asked for Jesus' body, and Pilate ordered that it could be given to him. That it be given to him. Joseph took the body, wrapped it in a clean cloth, linen cloth, and placed it in his own tomb that he had cut out of the rock. He rolled a big stone in front of the entrance to the tomb and went away. And then finally, the Messiah would resurrect from the dead. Psalm 16.10 Because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead, nor will you let your faithful one see decay. Who are they talking about? Jesus. He would raise from the dead. 
Matthew 28, 5. The angel said to the woman, Do not be afraid, for I know you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He's not here. He has risen. Just as he said, Come and see the place where he lay. So today, that's, that's just like seven or eight prophecies. Okay, We're talking like 300 just fulfilled in the life of Jesus. So outside on the little table as you leave, if you'd like to pick up, we made a two-sided paper for you, and it has a whole bunch of prophecies. You can take it home, look at it. You can study it. Even if you have a friend, you want to give them a paper, say, hey, check this out. Tell me what you think about it. I would love for you guys to take a paper, so I think Adina put them out there. Okay? So how do you know Jesus is Messiah? We got one, two. Jesus claimed it. The disciples pointed to him. The prophecies fulfilled. Number three, the science of probability. The science of probability points us to Jesus being the Messiah. What is that? So the Old Testament contains over 300 Messianic prophecies fulfilled in Christ. It was Old Testament was written over a period, over a thousand years. The prophecies of Messiah were made any time, like 1,400 years to 400 years before Jesus was born. Now, if you have just eight prophecies fulfilled, remember how many do we say were fulfilled in Jesus? Over 300, okay? But the science of probability tells, if you have just eight prophecies fulfilled, in one person, that is like having one to the tenth, one in ten, sorry, one in ten to the seventeenth power. Okay? So look how many zeros are after that. Seventeen zeros, okay? So that's eight prophecies fulfilled in one person. I don't even know what number that is. There's a name for it, but I don't know it. It's two. Somebody Google it. But one in a lot. Okay, you know how I know how much this is? In order for us to understand how crazy this is, the probability it is, okay? Imagine if you, it's like taking the entire state of Texas. It's big, Texas. Hey, there we go, representing Texas, okay? And you fill your entire state, Zamaripas, with two feet of silver dollars, okay? You got two feet of silver dollars going on in the entire state of Texas. And you mark one of those silver dollars with an X. Okay? And you say, okay, Julio, just throw one of these out. You walk, you can travel anywhere around, around your home state. You just throw it in there, in the pile. Mix it all up. And then you tell one of us, okay, I want you to go march over to the state of Texas. You go anywhere you want. And you reach down one time. Okay, You just get one chance. It's like a game show. Okay, And you pull out that blindfolded now, got a blindfold, you reach into that pile, and in that one chance, you pull out the silver dollar with the X. That is the same probability as somebody fulfilling eight prophecies. Is that amazing? Eight. Okay, so let's go to 48. If you have 48 prophecies fulfilled, you have one in 10 to the 157th power. Okay, that is a lot of zeros, 157 zeros. And that, that number is just too mind-boggling for us to comprehend. 48 prophecies. How many did Jesus fulfill? 
300. That just gets, that's mind-blowing. Your brain will explode. <laughs> I couldn't go there. It's too much. Okay, so are we seeing how incredible this is? The science of probability points us that there is overwhelming evidence not a little bit, not maybe, not maybe I can dispute it. There is overwhelming evidence, amen, that Jesus is indeed the Messiah. Finally, last point. How do you know? What can we do? I heard somebody say, great way to end the sermon is like with application. So what? Now we got all this information. So what? Number four, point others to the Messiah this Christmas. Point others to the Messiah, Jesus. You know, we have a Christmas Eve service coming up, like I said. That's going to be so much fun. We're going to be in the auditorium. It's going to be rocking. It's going to be the first time we're over there. Justin's going to put up the lights. We're going to have some all kind of Christmas decorations, hopefully. We'll see. And then it's, it's just going to be awesome. But we really want people to come and enjoy Christmas. But we want them to come and enjoy Christmas with the Messiah. Amen? With the little baby there born, and they can say, yes, that's Jesus. I want to know him. Tell me more about this Messiah. He is. Invite others to Christmas Eve. Also, throughout wherever you are, at work, at home, with your family, with your friends, share the hope you have found that Jesus is the Messiah, that he's your Messiah. Share the excitement. You know, like my brother did, he's with tears. He really wanted me and my family to know Jesus. He's talking about it so, with so much passion and sincerity that I just had to go, okay, I got to check this out. I got to go one step further. Hey, I'll check out that sheet that, they gave me from their church. Oh, man, yeah, maybe I will come to the Christmas service. Maybe I will come to a small group. Maybe I will come check out the baptism today. Whatever it is, they'll see it in you. They will hear it in you. Amen? You can even share, like we were saying earlier, all these things about the fulfillment of Scripture in the life of Jesus Christ. Okay? So that was the first Christmas. The first Christmas, all these prophecies fulfilled, and then the prophecies fulfilled in the life of Jesus. But did you know there's, like I said, 500 over plus prophecies yet to be fulfilled in these last days. The real story of Christmas also involves Jesus' second coming. Jesus is coming again. Just like we see at the church up by Middle Street, Jesus coming soon. I like that place. I want to go up in that tower one day, check it up. Is anybody even using that thing? That thing looks awesome. Justin, we can put your lights in it. It look good. Okay, that thing is like a prayer tower. Jesus coming soon. Everyone laughs at it. Oh, look at those crazy Christians. But you know what? The last laugh is on them. I mean, is with them because they're right. Okay, they're singing it loud and proud. Jesus is coming soon. Okay, he came once. The prophecies talked about it. How many of them came true? All of them. 
100%. And he said he's coming again. So what's going to happen? Matthew 24, 27. For as lightning that comes from the east is visible even in the west. Think about lightning. Fast. It's everywhere. So will be the coming of the Son of Man. Fast. Okay. Matthew 24, 36. No one knows about the day or hour, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage. When does that sound like? Right now. Read it again. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, not a care in the world, marrying, giving in marriage. Up to the day Noah entered the ark. We're living in the same kind of days. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. That is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Matthew 24, 42. Therefore, keep watch. This is, can't emphasize it enough. Therefore, keep watch. Because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. Matthew 26, 64. Yes, it is, as you say, Jesus replied. But I say to all of you, in the future, we're talking about prophetically speaking, in the future, when will that be? We're not sure. In the future, you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the Mighty One and coming on the clouds of heaven. So when is that future going to be a reality for us? It could be any time. It could be as we're leaving church, boom, Jesus comes back. It could be when tonight when we're sleeping, could be 2 weeks from now, could be 2 years from now, could be 200 years from now. We don't know. But we know Jesus is coming back. It's not a matter of if he's coming back, it's a matter of when. If we see all those other prophecies fulfilled, are we so foolish to believe he wouldn't fulfill the rest of it? If he says it, he's going to do it. Amen? He came once the first Christmas, and that's the Christmas story. He came to us. The Savior, the Messiah of the world came to us, just as the Bible foretold, and he's coming again as Messiah, just as he said he would. Let's go ahead and pray. Would you stand with me? So Christmas starts with God's promise to us starting way back in the book of Genesis that he would send us a Savior conceived of the Holy Spirit, born of a virgin, where he would come to us, live a perfect, sinless life, that he would do miracles, he would show us how to live, and he would die horrible, horrendous, excruciating death on the cross. It also says Jesus is planning to come once again to take us home. May this morning you be encouraged. May your faith go up here, ratchet up a few levels. And you say, yeah, you know what? I can't contain it. I just, with all sincerity in my heart, I just want to share it with somebody else. I want to point somebody else. I don't know who it is, God, 
anybody else, everybody else, to you, Jesus. He's supernatural. He speaks prophetically. He fulfills everything he says. He's good. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, that you are awesome. And Lord, we thank you that your Bible is reliable and true. And Lord, we thank you that the Holy Spirit is speaking to us right now. He's stirring us up and he's saying, yeah, you know what? If that's true, then that means, wow, if he fulfilled all these prophecies, then I am, I am in. I want to be somebody who's saying, you know what? The Bible is is worth it. I want to get in it. I want to know Jesus more through the Bible. I want to point others to the words of Scripture and say, yeah, this is not something where I'm fooling around and I think it might be real, might be fake, I'm not sure, but this is the very words of God. He's showing me what He's done through history, that He holds history in the palm of His hand and it's really His story. And if He said it, how it's going to end is how it's going to end. He's going to do it. He's going to fulfill it. And we just say thank you, Lord Jesus. Maybe there's somebody here who has come today has said, you know what, I'm kind of still seeking. I'm still somebody who's, who's looking. I'm not even sure if it's true. That today they would be encouraged and they would say, you know what, yeah. I, I don't know it all, but I know enough to believe that Jesus is the Messiah. If that's you, that you would just say, God, I want to get my relationship with you straight. I just want to say, I want to receive your grace this morning. I'm sorry for my sin. You can just tell God that in your own voice, in your heart. I'm sorry for the ways I've rebelled against you. I've done my own thing. I thought I could live life on my own. Thank you for Jesus, that he died for me on the cross for me. I receive his total forgiveness this morning. Right now, I receive you, Jesus, as Messiah, the Savior, my Savior. Please help me to walk with you for all the days of my life in your strength, not my own. And maybe you're here today, you've been a believer for a long time. And you're thinking, yeah, you know what? This is like, uh, I've heard it before. I've done it before. That you would be infused with a special love this Christmas. And it starts foundationally with the Bible. And that love would be backed up by proofs and evidences and facts. And the Holy Spirit would just work on your heart. And you would say, this Christmas, I want to love my friends into the kingdom. I feel more equipped. I'm ready to go. Help me, Lord, as I reach my friends, as I reach my family with your message of truth, with your message of the Bible, your message of the Messiah. We thank you so much, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.